a woman dies and has a near-death experience, she's talking about how she got downloaded information and how life works here on Earth. It was at that point where I had made a conscious choice and a decision that I had to do it differently. And what was amazing, and I'm so grateful for this, is on the other side, I got all of these downloads about how our life works here and what we are here to do. And so part of my journey after I got back was really integrating those pieces and, and bringing them into a physical understanding. Because on the other side, there wasn't a lot of words. There was telepathy, there was imagery and sacred geometry, but I wasn't actually sitting down and having conversations. It was all, you know, blocks of energy coming through, blocks of thought, blocks of um, transmitted data, basically, that I had to then come back here and try to piece together and figure out. And so one of the biggest things that I learned on the other side was that we are here to expand our consciousness and that our experience basically goes up and informs the consciousness, the bigger consciousness. And so if you can think about it like how the sun is, how the sun's really big and bright and it has all these rays, that one, we're just individuated rays of sun, each and every one of us, and each and every plant and creature and being on the planet, we're literally individuated rays of this one sun, but we appear very separate. And we appear very apart from each other. And what then I saw was that because of that, what one person does in terms of changing their life or changing a program that they're running or changing something about themselves, that then informs the total consciousness and that kind of informs the whole picture. So I guess how I would say it is, the more we work on ourselves down here, the more we inform this, this consciousness and the more it can spread like a ripple effect because ultimately we are this one being. And as much as we can't really see that here, as much as we can't with our eyes delineated, uh, modern day science is actually showing that to us, which is really kind of cool. One of the things they showed me on the other side was that so many people for so many generations have held such intense physical trauma and hardship. And that one of the things that we're doing at this time is we're sort of unprogramming that trauma and we're un packing it, so to speak, and clearing it from our systems. And I believe that's one of the reasons why now we're seeing so many near-death stories and so many of us able to talk about this so that you don't have to go through that yourself. Because I will tell you, it's a hard experience not necessarily doing it. Actually dying itself is one of the easiest things to do. It's a really beautiful process and it really, you don't ever die. You just release your physical body. And I always tell people, it's like when you go trade in your Ford for a jet plane, right? You, you, you can get the sense of I'm driving my Ford around and I go trade that in and somebody gives me a jet to ride around in. So it's a totally different experience, but you're still the driver. You're still driving a vehicle. It's just a different vehicle. And I also got on the other side that when we pass away, that we get a lot of choice in where we go next. And ultimately, that choice, and this is really important, that choice has a lot to do with 
what you're thinking and feeling when you pass away. So for me, that was my near-death experience. It was one of the most incredible experiences of my life. Um, like I said, it's it's a beautiful experience. And I also believe that you cannot die before it's your time. That really, truly, that if it's not your time, you won't be able to do it. And in my case, I wasn't able to do it fully, right? I got the choice to come back. And as you've heard, so many of these near-death survivors get the choice to come back. And so isn't that just a beautiful, peaceful thing to know that your death is you're scripted in your death you're supported in it and there's a part of us that does get to choose um, when it's our time and if it's not our time we can choose to come back so i hope you guys loved hearing this story i want to thank you for having me here today and now for the full recording of her i just wanted to give you a taste of the end which i always like listen to it twice and now you're going to hear it again. You're going to get hear her story, how she died on the toilet. Extremely intelligent. Here you go. Thank you so much for coming to today's podcast. Give me ears to hear, eyes to see. Hey guys, it's Alyssa Rushton and I am a near-death survivor. Let's just dive into it. I woke up dead on the toilet. To give you just a tiny little bit of backstory, I was really sick. I had multiple autoimmune diseases and I was on a lot of medications, had a pick line in my arm and was on end of life pain management. And basically it was all too much for me one day. It was just enough to take me over the edge. And so I literally went to the bathroom and sat down on the potty and when I woke up, I was dead. I was on the other side. So unlike a lot of people, I skipped those moments where you're pulling up and out of the body and you're able to see yourself. I skipped all of that. I completely bypassed that and went up directly into what you might call God consciousness or universal consciousness. And the amazing thing about it was it was like taking off the tightest suit that you'd ever worn in your life. It was a super physical feeling. So literally it felt very physical, but I looked down and I realized I have no body. And there was a point where I was traveling up, 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 up. And I had the feeling of being everywhere all at once. My consciousness was in the place where I had released a lot of the Alyssa body identity. So I didn't have the sense of I was a blonde haired, blue eyed person. I didn't have that at all. I was up in past the soul level of consciousness and I got to go to this place where it was almost like, and the best way I can describe this to you is if you've ever seen one of those movies where there's a person sitting behind the security cameras and they're looking at all these security cameras on a screen and they're watching from behind the screen, it was almost like that, only they were like little bubbles of experiences and realities and I could experience them and see them all at once billions and billions and billions and billions and billions of these realities and so at first i was just up there playing and stretching around and i say stretching because it felt like stretching my consciousness into each point i got to see some amazing stuff stuff that i don't even have human words for 
different planets, different realities, different civilizations, different timelines, different, you know, things on our planet, different everybody's experience I could dive into. And it was as if I was universal consciousness or God consciousness coming in and really living and feeling that person's experience. And so it was a really broad perspective and it really felt like I was that divine mind and that one source consciousness. Now, I'm trying to break this into pieces, but technically this was happening all at once. So at the same time, if you can imagine going into all these different experiences, but then also having the ability to see how our world is created, how our universe is created in terms of light and then sound and then sacred geometry and how that then comes down to form the physical reality that we encounter. I got to see different timeline streams. So here I am, I'm bopping all over the cosmos. I'm able to stretch that consciousness in all of these different places. And by the way, I don't know how long I was doing all that. At one point, you know, I'm getting all these downloads, all this information about how the world works and how reality works and what we're here to do. And one of the biggest things that I received on the other side was literally, we are here to expand consciousness. And we tend to think of things on our planet in terms of right and wrong and good or bad. But technically, the download I got on the other side was we're literally just expanding the consciousness. And so as I'm doing all of that, I finally see this one orb like energy that I felt really drawn to and attracted to. So I go and I dive into this orb of energy and it is basically the planet Earth. And now you have to remember, I was bouncing around all of these different places that were people's experience on Earth and also other places, right? Not just Earth, alien civilizations, different timelines, the whole gamut. I got to see Atlantean timelines, Lumerian timelines, so much that it's it would be impossible to describe all of it to you. So I was seeing this place, this orb of Earth. And so I decide I'm going to go check it out. So I, this energy, go down and I check this out. And as soon as I get into the energy of this, what happened was I lost that connection with the universal all that is. And I came into more of my Alyssa identity and I could see that it looked very much like Earth except everything was a little olive drabby. You know, I looked at the sky and it looked olive colored and everything had sort of that olive tinge to it or that kind of army green tinge. And so I thought to myself, what would feel good? And so I thought about my ex-boyfriend who, by the way, had a lot of addictions. When I passed away, I had a lot of addictions too. I was totally addicted to drugs and I was a smoker and I was a drinker. And so I went to hang around this ex-boyfriend of mine and I realized I can't communicate with him. I couldn't speak and he couldn't hear me and he didn't even really know that I was there, but I saw him perfectly in his condo that he was living in and it felt really good. It felt nice to be hanging around him. And I went and visited a couple more people. And as soon as I would think of somebody, I would be right there. And so 
I didn't really understand where I was, but I was just kind of going with it. And at some point, a group consciousness came to me and this group consciousness basically said, hey, you know, you can stay here as long as you want and it's going to be a very healing place for you. And you can also go back. Now, if you stay here, you don't get to come back into the Alyssa body. But if you do go back, you can keep your Alyssa body and your Alyssa-ness, but it's going to be some of the hardest work you've ever done. And I don't even think I thought about it for more than a nanosecond. And I just thought, yes, I want to go back. And as soon as I thought, yes, I was basically slammed down into my consciousness. And I say slammed down because one of the things I think people don't necessarily understand about being here on planet Earth is it's a very dense reality compared to up there. Up there is very high frequency. You know, there's a lot of other civilizations that don't have a body as dense as ours. They're very much light bodies. And so when you come back down here after being up there, it feels very hard. And I always make the analogy of it felt like being on a thousand foot building and getting slammed down into concrete. And so literally I then woke up on the toilet. There's 20 EMTs in front of me standing around, you know, asking me questions, all of which I didn't know the answers to. And I remember one of the questions they asked me finally was, what is your name? And I remember thinking, oh gosh, I really should know my name. And when they asked me, you know, what is your name? And I didn't know. And I looked over, I was married at the time and I looked over at my husband who was kneeling. There was a little wall, which by the way, was the only reason why I stayed on the toilet because I had slumped up against the wall uh, when I died. And so I'm, I looked down at my husband and I didn't know this yet, but the whole left side of my face had stopped working. My lips were blue. My nails were blue. You know, now the oxygen's coming back, but I'm there and I look down at my husband and I say, honey, what's my name? And he said, it's Alyssa, baby. And so I looked at the EMTs and I said, it's Alyssa, baby. And so I didn't even know what my name was. I just was able to repeat the words. Then after that moment, you know, they realized how bad of a situation I was in. And so I don't really remember a lot between that point of waking up to the next point I remember was they got me into the ambulance and they had already given me a shot of Narcan, which blocks all of your drug receptors, which is what happened. I had had a massive drug overdose. And so in the ambulance, I remember the EMT calling the hospital to give me that second dose of Narcan because that can also kill you again. And so in the ambulance, I then shut down again. So the next moment I awoke, I was in the hospital, strapped down to a gurney, legs flailing, legs kicking. And it was that moment when I had the awareness that my life was really broken, that what I was doing to try to heal myself from all of these autoimmune diseases wasn't working. And so it was at that point where I had made a conscious choice and a decision that I had to do it differently. 
And what was amazing, and I'm so grateful for this, is on the other side, I got all of these downloads about how our life works here and what we are here to do. And so part of my journey after I got back was really integrating those pieces and, and bringing them into a physical understanding. Because on the other side, there wasn't a lot of words. There was telepathy, there was imagery and sacred geometry, but I wasn't actually sitting down and having conversations. It was all, you know, blocks of energy coming through, blocks of thought, blocks of um, transmitted data, basically, that I had to then come back here and try to piece together and figure out. And so one of the biggest things that I learned on the other side was that we are here to expand our consciousness and that our experience basically goes up and informs the consciousness, the bigger consciousness. And so if you can think about it like how the sun is, how the sun's really big and bright and it has all these rays, that one, we're just individuated rays of sun, each and every one of us, and each and every plant and creature and being on the planet, we're literally individuated rays of this one sun, but we appear very separate and we appear very apart from each other. And what then I saw was that because of that, what one person does in terms of changing their life or changing a program that they're running or changing something about themselves, that then informs the total consciousness and that kind of informs the whole picture. So I guess how I would say it is, the more we work on ourselves down here, the more we inform this this consciousness and the more it can spread like a ripple effect because ultimately we are this one being. And as much as we can't really see that here, as much as we can't with our eyes delineated, uh, modern day science is actually showing that to us, which is really kind of cool. One of the things they showed me on the other side was that so many people for so many generations have held such intense physical trauma and hardship. And that one of the things that we're doing at this time is we're sort of unprogramming that trauma and we're un packing it, so to speak, and clearing it from our systems. And I believe that's one of the reasons why now we're seeing so many near-death stories and so many of us able to talk about this so that you don't have to go through that yourself. Because I will tell you, it's a hard experience, not necessarily doing it. Actually, dying itself is one of the easiest things to do. It's a really beautiful process and it really, you don't ever die. You just release your physical body. And I always tell people, it's like when you go trade in your Ford for a jet plane, right? You, you, you can get the sense of I'm driving my Ford around and I go trade that in and somebody gives me a jet to ride around in. So it's a totally different experience, but you're still the driver. You're still driving a vehicle. It's just a different vehicle. And I also got on the other side that when we pass away, that we get a lot of choice in where we go next. And ultimately that choice, and this is really important, that choice has a lot to do with what you're thinking and feeling when you pass away. So for me, that was my near-death experience. It was one of the most incredible experiences of my life. Um, like I said, it's it's a beautiful experience. And I also believe that you cannot die before it's your time. 
that really truly that if it's not your time, you won't be able to do it. And in my case, I wasn't able to do it fully, right? I got the choice to come back. And as you've heard, so many of these near-death survivors get the choice to come back. And so isn't that just a beautiful, peaceful thing to know that your death is you're scripted in your death, you're supported in it. And there's a part of us that does get to choose um, when it's our time. And if it's not our time, we can choose to come back. So I hope you guys loved hearing this story. I want to thank you for having me here today. Hello. It is a pleasure for me to be in this intervention that I have been invited to by this program. I consider that it is doing very important work in disseminating all these experiences of people who have had the privilege. For me, it's a privilege to have this experience where we have been able to confirm that there are two planes, the human plane, that which we are all familiar with, and a transcendent or spiritual plane where we transition to another realm. I used to live in Canary Islands and work there because I am from Vigo. I'm Galician. But while working in Las Palmas of Gran Canaria, I suffered from a serious infection in my throat that it didn't do anything to treat. Eventually, I had to go to the emergency room where they decided to give me an injection to stop the disease process. However, during the injection, a blood vessel was hit and blood started gushing out. Gradually, I realized that I was losing my life and sinking into darkness and that it ended there. But surprisingly, I didn't feel scared. I said, well, if that's the end of the story, I'm going to see if there is anything else or I'm going to stay here in this darkness. There is nothing else, I said. I know that the brain can keep functioning for a few seconds or even a few minutes is still working and still maintain consciousness. Of course, if I am frightened, I might create a sense of terror in my own hell. On the other hand, if I remain calm, I will be able to experience everything that comes into my sight. And when I was immersed in this reflection, I felt as if all of a sudden now, it opened up to the ground and I started moving forward through a tunnel at a tremendous speed. To give you an idea, it felt like around 300 kilometers per hour, similar to a car's speed. As I experienced this sensation of speed, I noticed a point of light at the tunnel's end. I rapidly approached it at a speed towards that light until, in a moment, I shot out of the tunnel and found myself immersed in that light. I felt as though I merged with the light, as if I had fallen into a luminous zone, and into which I formed part of that luminous zone, and that experience was astonishing because I started to feel an overwhelming sense of joy, happiness, and well-being, and I felt an intense feeling of happiness. And at that moment, I thought, if I really am dead and I'm out of the body, my body has to be somewhere. And, and it was when I thought about that, when it became apparent that I was being resuscitated and, and trying to return to life in the intensive care unit. From that point on, I realized that the body that I now value so much and that we protect so much, because at that moment, I saw it as a case, as something inanimate entity, lacking identity. Because the real identity, I seemed to exist in another energy body, that energy body, I felt it in my consciousness and my total lucidity and with a clarity of thought, surpassing my usual state in the physical body. 
and was only already seeing that I relished the sensation of merging with the light and navigating through this new space. And that's when I had a connection with a being of light I saw, larger than me, and it was a wonderful experience. This being appeared to be much more evolved than us, like an older brother, and I felt embraced and comforted by its presence. I felt a brightness and a experience tremendously enriching, and that that was made me feel broader and more significant, I also sensed a great deal of confidence emanating from this being how important it is to, when we are here, have positive and enriching experiences, making the life as enriching as possible. When we are alive, both for ourselves and others, so that the passage through here is constructive and positive, and then I embraced him and merged into him, and that feeling of clarity and light expanded my consciousness, and I felt more intelligent. I distinctly remember asking questions to which he would respond. These questions revolved around the purpose of life and why we encounter so many difficult experiences which at times seemed insurmountable. In short, he conveyed that suffering is more instructive than happiness, and there are experiences that the only way to, to learn from them and to enrich ourselves is by facing difficulties and obstacles. Embracing these challenges and being able to overcome them left a profound imprint on us, preventing the repetition of past mistakes. He emphasized that life is about striving to learn connecting with the positive dimension within us and in the universe, and continuing to grow and expand our consciousness through experiences. As our consciousness expands, we transition to higher dimensions, gradually progressing in this process as time unfolds in this and other dimensions, as it is measured in this and other dimensions, that we would move into dimensions where we would arrive at dimensions where we would be in the same elevated state as he was. And from there, we would continue ascending until we reached a moment of merging with the universal intelligence and cosmic consciousness. At that point, we would become one with that superior dimension where the supreme intelligence would be the concept we have, if we want to refer to it as God or the supreme intelligence, is that which has created life and organizes everything within the entire universe and cosmos. It envelops us across different scales of dimensions, constituting a comprehensive process of life with the purpose of surpassing challenges and reaching our maximum potential. And that this is the process of life and that in that whole process we are developing intelligence, consciousness, positivity and, and the ability to enrich our lives and the lives of others around us. All of us are interconnected parts of the universe. Although we possess unique personalities and nuances, we contribute to the entire universal experience. We are all part of a universal being, part of an intelligence that envelops us all. And that was the message in summary of what I got from being with this being of light. I felt like I was melting with him. I began to have a series of sensations as if I was watching the film of my life from childhood up until the age I was at that momento. Everything was happening at an intense speed, but at the same time with a lot of lucidity, as if it was like superimposed images where I saw all the positive things that were there and negative things I had done and the things I hadn't done then. 
that entire experience was very enriching and I was looking at it and I was seeing it. As I was reflecting on my life, I came to understand that the purpose of my journey was to act positively and seek enriching experiences. Trying to make experiences enriching experiences and when I was already in that sense of perception and clarity by merging with that being that gave me love and that welcomed me, then I was noticing as if my intelligence seemed to expand and I could even formulate questions I couldn't have found answers to before. However, in that moment, I found the answers and they were clarifying to me the reality that this experience clarified to me the reality of another dimension, a space of light where I was headed. Well, then I began to move to see that there was no no obstacles, that there were no walls, that there were no to prevent me from going wherever I wanted to go in that moment. I found myself enjoying the wonders of this wonderful plane. And when I was enjoying that wonderful plane, and I was the best part of the experience was when they managed to revive me and I regained consciousness in my body. It happened very quickly, almost immediately. As I became aware of my body again, I noticed that I was back in a denser and somewhat grayer space. And all that vibration and that happiness and that feeling of joy like I've never had in my life. So it was fading or diminishing quite a bit. I landed back in my body and surrounded by doctors and people who were very happy they could resuscitate me. However, what they didn't know was how much I wished to stay in that wonderful space. I felt a strong desire to continue. I was going through the extraordinary experience rather than being revived. I missed that experience. I would have liked to continue enjoying it for a lot longer, but it lasted exactly as long as it needed to providing me with enough enrichment and a series of experiences that have continued to enrich me even after returning. As a result of that moment, I became aware that we are eternal beings. We are in a transition undergoing an experience that is very valid and very enriching. And sometimes it can be very painful as life takes us through complicated moments. This realization has helped me become a much more conscious person acting more positively than I did before and valuing things more transcendentally. I now understand that this life is an enriching journey that I continue to embrace, trying to approach it with a positive mindset for myself and those around me. It brings me happiness to know that I have passed through here, leaving behind a life and a positive, enriching work I strive to enjoy, learning and hope to make use of all these experiences to help others enriching their lives as well. I want my experience to be of value to others, and I have no doubt that each one of you will go through similar experiences sooner or later. It's a pleasure to be here with all of you, sharing my experience. Near-Death Experience by Fernando Magdalena. Man dies from infection, showing the process of the soul. Great story. Hello, my name is Drew Brophy. I'm a professional artist in San Clemente, California, and I love to surf. And this is my story. Uh, last year, I was unfortunate enough to be one of the people that caught COVID. I uh, was not wor really worried about it. I figured I'd catch it, and, or everybody would catch it, and I'd be fine. And unfortunately, that's not what happened to me. I, due to the fact I was so healthy, I maybe was a little overconfident and uh, didn't go to the hospital or a doctor right away when I probably should have. And it got into my lungs. 
Uh, when I arrived at the hospital, they put me in ICU immediately. I uh, overheard the technician talking to the doctor when they were wheeling me to ICU. And the technician was saying, these are the worst scans I've ever seen of someone's lungs, that it didn't look good for me. And I was like, oh man, they're talking about me. This isn't good. So it all happened really fast. I found myself in the ICU. It was locked down. Everybody was in hazmat suits with face masks and face shields. Didn't really know what was going on. The hospital was totally overrun and overwhelmed. In that time, I still was not worried. I felt that my body could handle whatever it threw at it. And I just focused on getting better. I seemed to be getting better. And at one point, after being there for about a week, I felt a lot better and I started breathing really deep in anticipation for going home. And what they didn't tell me, my lungs were so fragile, they were like wet paper. And when I started breathing deeply, it tore my lungs. My right lung collapsed. My left lung was not working too well. And that's what COVID does to you. It destroys your lungs. That night, the doctor told me I was going to most likely die. There wasn't a whole lot they could do for me. And they pressured me to go on the ventilator and be put in a coma. I uh, wasn't real excited about this. I understood the situation was dire. And they moved me to a room with a window so I could say goodbye to my family. I was one of those people that had to do this. The doctor said I had a less than 20% chance of survival that I would probably never wake up. The next day, I fought all night to breathe. The night before and the next day, I agreed to be put into a coma and be placed on life support. I still was not afraid. I believed that I could handle it. And as I said goodbye to my family, I was preparing myself for the journey. I had no idea what I was in store for. I thought I'd be out for a couple days, but as days turned to weeks, turned into a month. The whole time the hospital was telling my wife that I was gone and to remove life support. I don't know exactly when it happened, whether it was right away or sometime during the duration. My first thought was, I'm not the body. The moment I left it, it was for sure. It was uh, instant. You're still you, but you're not in the body anymore. I didn't see with the, my body below me or anything like this. I, um, just the idea like, oh my gosh, like I've been set free. I instantly felt like I was expanding exponentially. It was like I was everyone and everything all in the same instant. I couldn't keep up with everything that was coming online to me. I think everybody tells these stories through the lens of maybe their perception as a person desperately trying to articulate the bewilderment that you're faced with in the situation. My thought is that it felt like a river or like I was an electron in a a wire. There's no talking. I'm not even sure I saw anything. It was just all there. I uh, felt like I was being surrounded by light. I was light. Everything was light. There was all these like little lights or little energies around me. They were swarming me. It felt amazing. I don't know if this is what actually happened or just what it felt like. It was so peaceful. I think it's the biggest thing. I don't want people to take away. It was so wonderful. It was like I was growing. It's like I was remembering something I already knew. It's like everyone was there. At some point, I felt like a large light had come up on me and grabbed me. I know by the way it felt, because I think that was the realest part of it. It felt like I was being picked up like a child. I felt like it was my father, or maybe more than my father. Maybe like all the ancestors that ever came before me. Maybe it was God. I don't know. It felt amazing. It felt safe. I wasn't worried about anything. There's nothing to worry about. There never was and never will be. At some point, I can remember feeling this ominous light. We're like in this flow. The whole time I'm in this flow of energy. It seemed like it was going fast. And at this point, it just seemed like this 
bigger light or bigger energy or something hit us like a truck. It was like swooshing all the little lights away. We're all in this stream of energy. It was like spiraling into space flow. This energy that hit us, I don't know who or what it was, but it was powerful, intimidating, a guardian angel. Sometimes I think it was the real me, the fight in me. I didn't want the little lights being around me. I wasn't afraid of them. I didn't want them around me. It was almost like the little lights were trying to absorb into me. Like I was becoming more of everything and less of me. At some point, it just started going super fast. I felt like I was losing myself. Like I couldn't hang on. Like whatever was me was disappearing. And at some point when I thought I couldn't hang on any longer, we busted out of the river of light and everything was still. The thought was you have to go back. I didn't feel like I was there forever. I'd forgotten about this place. I'd forgotten about my wife and my son. And it was like an instant thought of like, oh yeah, they're waiting for me. Oh man, I forgot. Like, it seemed like I'd forgotten like an appointment or something. And then was reminded and remembered. I didn't know how to go back. I didn't know where it was. It seemed so long ago. It was just impossible. I uh, felt comfortable where I was at, but I didn't fight being told to go back. It seemed like they just gently floated me down, floating back down effortlessly. And then the last second, it felt like a squeezing into a bottle or being in a trash compactor or something like this. I don't remember waking up, but the first thing I do remember was like, oh my gosh, I'm back to this. I got sent to this broken body. I didn't realize that I'd been in a coma. I didn't realize where I was. I didn't understand that I was paralyzed. I thought I was being restrained. I couldn't understand what anybody was saying because of the masks and face shields. I couldn't move my head. I was like to looking at everybody's waist. I couldn't talk for two more months. I couldn't tell anybody what had happened to me. I was on ICU for months on the verge of death. I don't think I actually ever did die in the coma. I think they just life support and everything. Your body just slips away. I spent the last year learning to walk, talk and everything again. I've had a lot of time to think about what happened. I wasn't sure if it was real or not. It had been so long since I could talk to anybody. I didn't know what to say. The first time they put a thing in your tracheotomy that you could talk, it's one of the first things I started talking about, that I was light. It is what got me through the awfulness of waking up paralyzed and fighting to breathe. My thought was that you can't kill me because I'm the light. I said it over and over again in my mind. I could hear the nurses and doctors in amazement that I was still alive. I was, I'm here. It was so heavy, cruel, but I, uh, I'm here. I made it.